what is up soul seekers welcome to summit to soul mountain my name is ryan witherspoon your host this week i am super excited because this is the release of episode 10 officially in double digits man started this right around a year ago is when i released episode one and uh i'm just super excited to now be releasing episode 10 i'm joined with travis soars he's the fkt holder of the sierra peak section of um, the high sierras which is 247 peaks in california climbed it with his buddy on and off uh, nathan longhurst and we dive into his story and all of the shenanigans that is climbing 247 peaks that being said i hope you enjoy this episode much love y'all welcome to summit soul mountain i'm super honored to have you here i got travis soars here with me how you doing brother i'm doing well yeah excited to, to chat cool um so travis is the FKT the fastest known time for the Sierra Peak section? Um, and uh, you completed this in 117 days. That's epic. How many how many peaks did you climb? Uh, it was 247 mountains. Yeah, out in the Sierras. Wow, that's wild. What uh, what compelled you to do this? Well, yeah, I've I've kind of always had a little bit of a, a love relationship with the Sierras ever since I first arrived there. Actually, even before I arrived, when I was in high school, I'm from Rhode Island where there are no mountains, but somehow I managed to pick up a book written by John Muir. And he wrote, of course, about the Sierras. And it basically, yeah, mesmerized me. And I knew that one day I would head out there. And uh, first arrived when I was 19 on an alpine mountaineering course with Prescott College. And we climbed a couple of mountains um, during that month-long course. And, and yeah, been going back ever since, basically. Cool. How old are you now? Right now, I'm 26. Nice. Me too. Oh, yeah. right on. That's what's up. Good age. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so, what's, uh, so you're from Rhode Island. And you, John Muir, got you into into mountaineering. What's uh, what's your favorite part about climbing? I really enjoy the flow, the flow state that it gives me, and my mind can be bouncing all around my head a lot of the times. And my mind is the most quiet when I'm just like focused on the task at hand and um, moving through mountains whether it's running or climbing. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Nature, nature does that, especially up in the, the solitude of the mountains where there's, you know, very, you know, it's like, there's a lot of life up there, but it's very, you know, it's not super hectic. It's just super peaceful and uh, they have a, a special kind of life up there. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, for like, most of the project actually it was Nathan and I were pretty much alone out there, like from April 
to May, basically, um, we had the mountains all to ourselves, which is really nice. That is nice. That's special. Just, just you guys. So I'm curious, uh, like what your planning was for it, because it's obviously, you know, a, a really long, you know, you're planning for, you know, probably a hundred plus days. I don't know how long you, you planned it to be, but I'm curious about like what, what your plan was going into it. And, and if, if your execution was, you know, on task with your plan. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know, I climbed a lot of the peaks with uh, another uh, person named Nathan who we had never met before. Um, but he, climbed the Bulgers list which I don't know if you're familiar with that mm-hmm. um up in Washington which is like the 100 highest and so he he had climbed a, a peak list before or as myself it was sort of new to me and I had never really planned for this grand of an adventure and so that was a huge learning process for me and it was really intimidating too because you know I've gone on plenty of mountain journeys but usually I I, I kind of prefer just to like make as little plan as I can and just go out there and have an adventure. Mm-hmm. But in order for the project to go successfully, you kind of need to plan everything perfectly because you don't really want an epic as fun as it can be. You want everything to go smoothly. So Nathan um, did most of the, the initial planning on Caltopo. And I basically did my own planning and we we basically compared like our routes and um yeah it was it was a lot it took it took a couple months to basically plan every single route we wanted to have every single mountain basically uh planned out so that once we started we could just flow into the next one um and yeah so we used uh caltopo gaia um and the RJC core guide to the high Sierra, which was really invaluable. Um, basically has like all the different routes up every single mountain. It's kind of a crazy, crazy book that really helped us. And uh, yeah, everything went pretty much as planned. Um, we had to take a couple rest days due to storms here and there, but that just happens. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there were a couple of times like, like, you know, you make a plan of like, oh, we're going to go up this ridge because uh, this looks good on the map. But you get there and you're like, oh, whoa, that ridge is like not going to go like we'll go around up this chute. So they're like instances of that. But for the most part, every day was like completed that we wanted to complete. Cool. How many peaks yeah. were you climbing each day? We well, I averaged two, uh, two peaks, and yeah, some days it would be one, um, and I think the most that we did in a day was seven at the end. Damn. In the Palisades, which was basically just like a ridge traverse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, damn, that's crazy. And how, like, how long did it? So one, one or two per day. How many miles? was it on average for for each peak it seemed like uh each day was 
either a little bit more or a little bit less than 20 miles and usually around like eight to 10 K vert gain. Um, yeah. Damn. How many, do you know how much, um, like vertical elevation you, you went offhand? Uh, total. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 730,000 total for me. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think each week it was around like 50 K. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of climbing. (laughs) Yeah. Normally like doing for like people in Colorado doing like the 14ers and stuff. Normally it's like 3000 to, you know, and 3,500 is, is kind of like pushing it. So that's, that's a lot. Um, what was your favorite peak that you climbed? Ooh, yeah, or your favorite, or your favorite, or your favorite, you know, collective of of peaks. Hmm, it's tough because it's kind of like trying to pick a favorite child. But I'd say the whole Palisade experience was probably the most impactful for me because we basically did like a whole loop around the the Sierras, starting around Whitney, and you could see the palisades basically like most days you'd see the jag it's like a jagged dark granite uh serrated ridge line that's really intimidating um because it has five or six of the california 14ers i think um and i'd always heard stories about the palisades being notoriously scary um well, they turned out to be Nathan and I's favorite experience with like just tons of really fun rock climbing and like uh, knife edge ridge traversing. Was it at any point where you um, having to like rope up and, and do any climbs like that? Or was it mostly um, like class four scrambling kind of stuff or? Yeah, thankfully, Nathan and I are both uh rock climbers we've been climbing for a long time and we're both pretty comfortable um without gear up to like five nine ish terrain Mm -hmm. um so we were able to to not bring a rope for um any of the routes that we did actually oh cool yeah that's nice and uh yeah probably just helped helped you move a little bit quicker not having to to rope up and worry about gears gear like that yeah yeah definitely we we we're both uh too soft to carry uh heavy heavy equipment which is the only reason that i like to uh go fast and lights because i can't handle the weight (laughs) what was so was was most of it like i said so you're in your van so was most of your um did you have to do any like overnight camping in the mountains for any of the climbs or was it, you know, kind of co- go up summit and come back and, and camp in your, in your van? Yeah, I, I wish I'll have to go back and total the amount of nights that we spent out, but a rough estimate, I'd say we probably spent like maybe 50, 50 nights out. Oh. Um, so yeah, we did quite a few back packing trips 
um, because there are some peaks that are a little bit deeper back there that it just makes sense to go pack in a camp and then have like a little base camp area and do day trips from there mm-hmm. um, for the, like the deeper peaks. And then a lot of them you can't do car to car. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Where did you like have to, did you camp up at the, at the top near any peaks or was it mostly just like down, down lower base camp and stuff? Yeah. We, uh, in the beginning we tried to camp pretty low cause it was still early in the season, like April and May and it was cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, later on in the summer, we started to camp like a little bit higher. We did have one unexpected night out in the Palisades where it, the ridge just took way longer than we expected. And we found ourselves out there like uh, around midnight. And the descent was looked a little challenging. We were quite fatigued. We were like 20 hours into our day. And I had, I always bring like a small little, uh, bivy sack and Nathan brings like a emergency blanket and uh, so we we camped out by a lake like just below the the peaks out there like 13k uh, and that was probably our our uh, least comfortable bivy cool what was your what was your biggest struggle throughout the whole trip throughout the journey Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> um I think like uh my my psych for mountains is really high, but this project took that to a whole nother level. Um basically like every day you have to wake up and be psyched to climb two or three or four mountains, which I can, I knew that I could do for like a couple weeks, but for four months was a new challenge for me. Um, and there were some days where I just wanted to sleep (laughs) and lay Mm -hmm. in bed. But if I just like gave myself a little bit of a nudge and I started walking, then once you're pretty much out and walking it's kind of crazy how you just get psyched and uh realize or remember that this is like what you love to do Mm -hmm. um yeah nathan and i had a question uh like how many mountains is too many mountains is it gonna be 100 150 180 like 200 uh 247 um but we never found out because we got up to 247 (laughs) oh yeah and you're still and you're still stoked to go climb more i'm sure yeah i'm gonna take i gave myself four days to rest and then i'm heading up to Tuolumne meadows and uh, i'm gonna do some more link ups out there that's awesome that's how I, i feel like even just doing like smaller backpacking trips and like a couple, you know, climbs and stuff, you, you just get so much perspective and so much, it's like, feel so natural in the mountains that especially after something this big, it's like, how can you, 
how can you go back to normal normal life you know coming back from that so um or yeah. like that's doing i i have a dream of doing the pacific crest trail but i'm like once nice. i do that it's like how could i ever go back to normal life i just think i would want to keep walking so. yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah you should get out there and do it You'd probably be psyched i will and i'll definitely have to to connect with you and and figure out what what peaks i can climb on on the way there yeah yeah we actually probably ended up hiking like a couple hundred miles on the pct um to access the peaks we're pretty much like shuttling our overnight gear along the pct um and lots of the mountains are right off of it it was always a relief at the end of the day like when you've been bushwhacking or climbing through technical terrain or just like on loose rock and talus and you hop on the pct and you're like wow this feels like a road it's It's so well well maintained (laughs) yeah yeah and you start to see people too you're like oh we've been out here for so long and there's no one out here and then you get all of a sudden you pass somebody every like couple minutes and they like they kind of just like look at you really funny because you just have a day pack on and they're probably thinking the same thing like oh we're out here in the deep wilderness and who's this day hiker (laughs) what are they doing (laughs) little do they know that you've been climbing mountains for the past however long did you have any uh run-ins with any like bears or or anything like that we somehow we got pretty lucky we because we had to leave a lot of our food at our base camp most days and i was convinced like there was at least going to be one time when our food was taken. We had mm-hmm. ursacs, um, and we did have a bear box where it was required, but still you can't help but like wonder like if the bear is going to just run off with your food, but mm-hmm. I don't know what those bears are doing, but they're slacking a little bit. They missed out on lots of yummy snacks. <laughs> we got, yeah. We got lucky. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that would have been one of my concerns too is like leaving all leaving all the other gear and food and stuff and then going out and being like especially that deep in the woods coming back mm-hmm. after a long hike and a, a big climb like that and and then having all your food gone <laughs> that would have been that would have been rough yeah um, yeah we even uh like one morning we even saw a bear like less than a mile away from our camp where we had left our food and i thought for sure when we returned that night our food would be gone we'd have to like hike out but it was still there cool um so what is like you know there's always a lesson that you learn probably you know many lessons from like each peak and stuff but what's one lesson that you learned um that you didn't that you didn't know about mountaineering and and climbing like that yeah um i think i learned the value in like making a really detailed meticulous plan because like i said i've always just been one to kind of learn or like figure out just what I need to get by and then going for it but if you want to really maximize your efficiency and 
be as like safe and like move as quickly as you can through the mountains it's really important to know like all the different aspects of the mountain before you go or at least try to understand it as best as you can um to make a route that just like flows really well mm. um so that's something that i'm definitely going to take with me in the future just making better better plans so that you can like really push yourself because then it just makes it easier on you you don't gotta think about as much when you're out there especially doing something something big like that when you're just doing like a like a weekend trip and you kind of have just the you know that you're going to be you know coming back after a few days you know you don't have to you can just wing it a little bit more but having a big huge project like this yeah you definitely gotta have you know a, a better solid foundation and plan for mm. for that um what kind of stuff like translates into like daily life for you as far as lessons go like that you can take back with you yeah um i think just like i've learned to believe in myself more because I actually starting the project, I probably would have given myself maybe a 30%, 40% chance of finishing. Mm. Like I didn't think that I would be able to do it, um, but I wanted to see if I could. And basically learned that like myself and I just, I think everyone in general has a much deeper reservoir than they think that they have. and have has so much more potential to achieve the things that they want to do um if you just try and take it take it one day at a time because it when you have a really big goal it can be really intimidating but if you break it down make a plan and then take it step by step then you might surprise yourself about mm -hmm. how far you get um and so that's something that i'm gonna take with me yeah that's awesome yeah step by step that's one of the you know especially when you're climbing you're like you're getting tired you're getting you know you're like should i call it quits but then you just you know get over that next little hill it's one of my favorite parts about um like coming up on a false summit or something you kind of get up to the top and you think you're you think you're getting up there and then you're just like fuck man like i gotta go a little bit further and then you find out that you can go a little bit further and uh yeah that's awesome um so do you have uh do you have like any other plans to to try and get some more fastest known times in things like, do you have any other stuff that you're, you're already planning besides some, some fun stuff that you're already getting into right now? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Actually just today I was in the coffee shop looking on the website of all the different routes that are up in Tuolumne right now. Uh, there's a couple that I kind of have my eye on. Um, and then, yeah, in the future I have a couple more longer term ideas of stuff that can be done yeah <laughs> cool 
what uh what kind of training do you you like recommend for for doing stuff like this what do you do yeah uh for me i've kind of been out and about in the mountains since i was like 17 um and i think just like i think what's even more important than physical training is just like comfortability and like knowing Mm -hmm. like mountains and spending time out there is like the most important thing because the more time that you spend the more comfortable you are and the less likely you are to like freak out in situations that can be dangerous if you sort of know the the hazards and you like know yourself too and like the pace that you go and how much food you need, how much water you need. Basically, yeah, if you're more in tune with yourself, I think, um, and you know, like, your own limits, then that's a form of safety in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, for me, like, I don't necessarily train. I just um, choose objectives that that inspire me. and I, I'll, I'll like choose a bunch of, uh, choose a lot of smaller objectives to go out and do if I'm training for a big one, um, that are like in that specific style. Like, for example, if I'm like, if I want to go climb the evolution traverse fastest known time, which is like an eight mile long Ridge, which involves like lots of five, six, just lots of technical uh, terrain then I'll just go up to like Tuolumne and climb that grade just all day mm-hmm. on like the domes and stuff um, just to get myself used to it but mm-hmm. yeah the more experience you can get in the mountains typically the better you know mm-hmm. cool so I remember you posted about um, a tree that you found on one of the peaks i was wondering if you could tell your tell like the the story of of finding that tree and and you know what that tree meant to you because when i read that i was like you know it was so cool and uh it was really really special so i'm curious to hear about that yeah yeah i'm glad you appreciated it i thought it was uh really cool um yeah early on in the project I climbed University Peak, which was peak number 17, I think, for me. And it was sort of when I was going through one of the tougher mental stages of the of the project because it was early on and I felt like I'd put in so much already and I was only on peak 17 and still had 230 to go. And I thought, you know, there's no way, but... I climbed University Peak, which was uh, really fun. And on my way down uh, on the ridge line, I noticed just like it looked like a little stick out um, basically in the middle of this mountain with no other trees around anywhere, like hunt for hunt, like at least 100, 200 feet below it. Um, and I was like, what the heck? What is that? I'm going to go check it out. And uh, went over there and it was, 
it wasn't a stick it was a tree that had roots down into the rocks on this exposed ridge line um and it had been really weathered like it basically looks like a stick that somebody stuck in the mountain but um basically this tree had survived at 12,800 feet which I've never seen a tree grow that high the the tree line in California goes up to like 11.5 um and you still don't even really see trees up that high mm-hmm And it just blew my mind that this tree was like defying what science or um, biology tells that tells what it can do. Um, And so I just sat with it for a little bit, um, admired it and gave it a little bit of electrolyte water, even though I think it was dead. Uh, And yeah, basically like throughout the project I thought of this tree because it was able to persevere against all odds on this rocky ridge um and yeah I haven't gone back up to visit it yet but I was thinking about heading down there in a week or two uh, and just checking up on it being like hey man (laughs) persevered just like you we're out here yeah that's awesome yeah it's so cool nature you know never ceases to amaze me and especially in you know those conditions like how how do you do this you know Mm -hmm. something as simple as that you know to hear that you're you know we're thinking about it throughout the rest of your trip and when you're having hard times it's like that's what he was there for you know man i just i just can't believe it i do like if i ever do like two or three peaks in a weekend or, you know, in like a five day trip or something. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, that was a lot. I'm just trying to wrap my head around 247 peaks in one season. Has anybody ever, what was the fastest known time before, before you and Nathan? Uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of mixed things. Uh, Someone told me it was six. Um, but uh another person told me it was three um there is one guy doug mantle who has climbed the entire list eight times over the course of his life which is totally blows my mind um and i think he did the whole thing in three years yeah and i think the most that he climbed in a season was like 120 that's wild well, good job. I'm sure you, you know, like that's so awesome. Um, was there, did you and Nathan do it like all peaks together or I know, I know you finished, you finished after him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's a skier, a ski mountaineer and he was a little bit more psyched to ski um a lot of the peaks so he actually started before me in february and skied about 73 peaks and while i was um kind of just like training in around in arizona and then i came back um and met up with him in april and then we climbed like 180 ish together and yeah 
he we finished he finished with me basically um and then once he was done i had 73 to go um and went back for like all the peaks that he skied nice what was it like for you to to finish your final peak (laughs) yeah uh it was really emotional um and really special because uh my family they were coming out to visit me on the 12th and so when i finished with nathan and had 73 peaks um it was i think it was like the 11th of july so i had a month to figure out a way to climb these 73 peaks and i was really attached to the idea of my family coming and being on top of the last one with me uh so i made a a schedule that basically like made that happen. Um, but I wasn't sure if it would happen because after like the Palisades, my body was very tired and the schedule that I made only gave me like one rest day for like just a lot of, a lot of link ups that were sort of big. And so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if necessarily it would go. Mm-hmm. um if my parents would be able to finish with me on the 12th and um i managed to stay on schedule for like the first two weeks and then uh the weather got really bad for the last two weeks um of july basically like i looked at the weather forecast one day and every single day showed a little thunderstorm icon and I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to complete this by the 12th, but I really want to. Um, but basically, I just woke up really early every day um, to try to beat the storms because in the Sierras, they don't really manifest until like 11 or 12 o'clock. And just took it one day at a time. And I was able to get on and off all the summits pretty much before the storms came through. Um, and so it looked like I was still going to finish on the 12th. But then uh, Onion Valley Road, I heard, had gotten washed out. Mm. Um, and it was closed. And I needed to get up that road to access 14 mountains that I had planned to do on a five-day trip. And that was really stressful. That's when I figured that it, I probably wouldn't be able to finish on the 12th. But I rearranged my schedule, climbed a couple more peaks, and they ended up opening the road like the day before I headed in. Um, and so I just drove up and was just so grateful to, that it all worked out and did that link up. And, um, and then my parents came out and, yeah, they, they were a little bit nervous about getting to the top of the mountain because they're coming from sea level. And... Uh, it, the mountain San Joaquin is at 11,500 feet in elevation. Um, and just being in town here in Mammoth was like the highest they had ever been at around like eight. Um, but yeah, they just started hiking and um, they got to the top. And some of my other friends surprised me by coming out as well. And uh yeah it was just really nice to be able to share 
that experience with like all of my friends and family uh, especially because I had been hiking alone for the past month um yeah so it was really nice so were they were they like at the top when you finished or did you did you hike up were you hiking with them to the top yeah I hiked with uh, all my friends and family and then like 100 feet below the summit I kind of just stopped and sat on a rock and wanted to like take in the experience and savor the moment and just like look around and then they all kind of passed me and got to the top and once I was ready I hiked up there and they're all up there uh, waiting for me Mm. that sounds so special yeah it was really nice that's awesome man you're inspiring me I can't wait to uh I want to I want to plan some something big something big or you know whether it's you know probably won't be that big but something something big and with a lot of peaks or or a lot of you know a big link up or something like that sounds really cool yeah yeah just yeah figure out what inspires you and uh go for it and i have no doubt that you'll be able to do it (laughs) appreciate that yeah do uh where where's where'd you say you're going the in a, in a couple of days uh tuolumne meadows it's like the high country of yosemite national park okay gotcha mm-hmm. and where those those were some of the peaks that you you climbed on your on your routes right yeah there were a couple up there um like kness and north peak and cathedral cool man um well i got one more question for you um some of the soul mountain for me is um a really big metaphor of just you know life is a mountain climbing it and uh and i think that everyone has you know this the super high potential and reaching it is like the the true summit of of life um so i'm curious what soul means to you hmm hmm i think soul what it means to me is being like really in touch with yourself and like connecting with yourself on like a deep profound level that like you trust yourself and you trust the universe basically and that like if you if you like basically follow uh like your heart then it'll lead you down the path that you want to go and like the soul kind of lights the way for that because you kind of know when your soul is happy and you know when it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're on the right path, then like your soul is being nourished. Um, and so I think your soul is kind of like the compass, mm. like for your life. Um, 
and it just needs to be fed and listened to and trusted and um it'll lead you in the the right direction (laughs) i love that yeah i feel that (laughs) oh yeah do you have uh any advice for anybody wanting to do even just you know wanting to get out to do their first mountain or you know a big project or anything any advice to to start down that path yeah yeah i'd say it's like um it's easy to get overwhelmed or kind of maybe down on yourself when you see like on social media that you know people are like climbing Everest or like just doing like crazy big things um that maybe you can't fathom like even for myself I see people doing like uh things that are just like super cool and I really respect and admire um but um it's important just to to like really be in in touch with yourself and if you do want to go out and climb mountains just figure out the right ones for you and the ones that you're most intrinsically motivated to do not the ones that you see other people doing um because that's gonna be the safest possible alcohol yeah you're just not gonna like force yourself to do anything you don't want to that's uncomfortable so you'll be more safe and also it'll just be more meaningful and more impactful for you and mm. so whether it's uh whether it's like a big ridge link up in the sierra or it's like a small um wooded mountain in michigan you know like mount every single mountain has something there to teach and um and what it what it means to you is really like uh the value in it it doesn't need to be like 30 miles and <laughs> 12,000 feet of vert to have value like even if it's four miles and 100 feet if you can find value in it within yourself then you're on the right track Love that. Hell yeah, brother. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming on here and sharing your story. And, and it's, it was just so epic to, to watch you, you know, go through it and, and, and succeed and get all of them and, and come out with that, with that big win. And, and I'm curious to see, you know, where you go and, uh, and watch your journey climbing climbing more mountains and stuff like that you inspire me and i know you inspire a lot of other people yeah thanks that's good to hear um and yeah it was an honor it was great chatting with you and let me know when you come out to hike the pct because i'll probably be around oh yeah brother (laughs) that'd be sweet (laughs) I'd i'd love to go climbing with you yeah yeah let me know when you're out out west i will i think i'm looking at next spring for sure so um i'll definitely we'll definitely link up sounds good Mm. thank you so much for tuning in to episode 10 of summit to soul mountain 
connecting with Travis was a lot of fun, hearing his story, the lessons that he learned, the journey that was all of 247 peaks, the high Sierras, just absolutely astonishing what the human is capable of. And uh, I learned a lot from Travis. Travis is inspiring me to get out and pursue more of what lights my soul up. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave a comment, rate this podcast, and share this with a friend. Truly means a lot. And I love to hear from you, hear your thoughts, what resonated with you, this inspired you. And yeah, sending you so much love as you journey on the way to Summit to Soul Mountain. Take care.